This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Who do the crowds say that I am? This was the question Jesus posed to his disciples in Luke chapter 9. Apparently, there was some confusion on this point. But perhaps the most poignant question that Jesus asked was the next one. Who do you say that I am? How you answer that question will be the determining factor in your ability to follow Jesus. It's a truth powerfully displayed today in Luke chapter 9. Verses 20 through 24 read, But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. But he strictly warned and instructed them to tell this to no one, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, to be killed and be raised the third day. Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to follow after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Luke 9 records many incredible events for us that can teach us volumes about who Jesus is and the nature of truly following him. Presumably, right on the heels of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus asked his disciples a penetrating question that Jesus uses as a teachable moment for them. He asked them, who do these crowds say that I am? The question had multiple answers, for numerous possibilities were flying around. John the Baptist, Elijah, another prophet from God. Then Jesus takes it one step deeper and asks them the question, who do you say that I am? The miracle of the 5,000 would have left no doubt in their minds about who Jesus was. He was the promised Messiah, and they did right to recognize that for themselves. And then Jesus does something very puzzling. He warns them to tell no one about this. What an inexplicable thing for the Messiah to do. Why would he not want them to tell everyone? It would seem as if it would be fitting to say who Jesus really was especially since there seemed to be some confusion among the crowds about his identity. But Jesus has a much bigger picture and purpose in mind. You see, the Jews had been taught and led to believe by the prophets, no less, that the Messiah would come and set up his kingdom on earth and rule the world from Jerusalem. This ambition motivated the Jews during Jesus' triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. They were lauding their king, They would have no concept of Jesus' true purpose for coming. To be sure, Jesus will return as the Messiah, the king physically ruling from Jerusalem. But that would not be on this trip to earth. It would be on the next one. The purpose of Jesus' coming was not to reign as the king, but to die as the criminal. Jesus would come to fulfill all the law and then die for sinners, both Jew and Gentile so that anyone could enter his kingdom. It would take his death for their sin for them to take his holiness in the economy of God. 
Jesus knew this was the Father's will from the beginning, and he was laser-focused on accomplishing that. For the world to know that Jesus was indeed the Messiah would even make it more difficult for him to accomplish his Father's will. They had already tried to make him king by force once. They would have lauded him as king and messiah. But they rejected this king who wouldn't cooperate with their plans. For he was more focused on the father's plans, which led him not to a throne, but a cross. These secret ambitions likely flooded the hearts of his closest followers as well. Jesus would have to divorce them from their aspirations of glory if they were to indeed follow him. Now this concern is why Jesus responds by saying in verse 22, It is necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, to be killed and be raised on the third day. And if they were going to follow him, which is what he had called them to do, it would not be to a palace, but to a judgment hall. It would not be to royal splendor, but ruthless suffering. It would not be as servants of the king, but bearers of a cross. He would tell his followers that if you're going to follow me, you'll have to deny yourself, rid yourself of those delusions of grandeur and selfish ambition, and take up a cross, an instrument of death to your plans, and follow me. And then he said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Jesus was saying, you have in your head that this is going to go down this way. You have ambitions and plans and ideas about how the future will go, but you will have to die to those ambitions. You're going to have to die to your plans and your selfishness about how you'd script your future. You have to die to all of that every day to follow me and my plans for your future, because they will look radically different than yours. But the promise is, if you lose your life, that is to say, your plans and your ambitions. If you lose yourself in this way, you will save your life because you will be completely surrendered to my purposes. And in doing this, your life and its ultimate purpose will be found. Now, immediately following these challenging words, Luke reminds us of just who Jesus is and who it is that they are following. The very next scene records Jesus on the mount of his transfiguration. In a moment, these men were reminded of just who it was that had called them. He had asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? And then Jesus shows them exactly who he is. Not knowing what to say, Peter blindly asks if he can build booths for Jesus and Moses and Elijah. The words that thunder from heaven amid their confusion leave no doubt about what is actually going on here. The Father speaks, This is my Son, the Chosen One. Listen to Him. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law of Moses and the prophets like Elijah. Jesus was the full culmination, the promise, the Chosen One of which the law and the prophets had spoken. The Father's words were, Listen to Him just as unexpectedly as it had happened. It vanished, and Jesus was the only one left. That moment is not by accident. At that moment, Jesus was all that mattered. Everything had culminated in this time. And what was it that Jesus was telling them? What was it that they weren't hearing? 
Jesus' message was that he had come to die and that he had come to give up his life. And if they were going to follow him, they would have to give up theirs as well. There is so much here to consider and apply. First of all, it matters not who others think Jesus is. The question really is, who do I think he is? There is a personal recognition that is required in following Jesus. This individual question, who is Jesus, is the crucial question. And how you answer this question means everything in following him. When we follow Jesus, we better readily accept him as the Messiah. If we don't truly behold him as Lord and master of our lives, but merely a category of our lives, we will never fully surrender everything and embrace a cross to follow him. If Jesus truly is the Messiah, the one sent from God, who is to be our Lord and our Savior, then this is critical to fully embrace so that we can fully surrender to his plan. Jesus leaves no doubt who he really is in the transfiguration. And as his disciples, we better be crystal clear regarding that fact. And once we have received him as our Messiah, Lord and King, and once we acknowledge that in our own life, it will mean giving up our will and plans to God's will and plans, just as Jesus had to do. It will mean giving up our ambitions and our programs and our hopes and dreams for the preferred future that we have for our lives. It will mean surrendering them for the Father's dreams, hopes, aims, and plans in this world, just as the disciples and even Jesus had to do. The call to die to our visions and strategies is rooted in the very nature of following Jesus, which could be why so many, quote, Christians fail to genuinely follow him. They've never really acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah the Lord, and the King. So surrendering their dreams is a secondary cause. Jesus isn't the barrier to, the, to their dreams. He's their bridge to them, much like the disciples that Jesus called in that day. They view Jesus as the means to a preferred future for themselves. But this is not truly following Christ. It's expecting Christ to follow us. It is merely using him to accomplish their dreams and plans which the first disciples were in danger of, and what the Pharisees had in mind at first to do with Jesus. This type of mentality eventually leads to a rejection of Jesus and ultimately a crucifixion of him. When Jesus wouldn't fit their plans, they were as quick to reject him as they were to accept him in the first place. We're no different. We all have designs or delusions of what following Christ should be, but we don't know any better. We're all trying to make sense of things that we don't know about, as Peter did, only to look like a fool. We need to understand that ultimately, following Jesus means giving up whatever we're trying to make sense of and following him with total abandon, even to the death of trying to understand. Are we guilty of looking as foolish as Peter did at times? Are we not listening when the call to die is not very appealing? Following Jesus means recognizing that he is indeed the Lord and Savior of our lives. And he demands that we follow him. That means surrendering what we think is right and trusting that Jesus and his way is best. This is an act of faith. So Jesus, we struggle with such selfishness. 
Thank you for exposing it in us in many ways today. Forgive us for wanting so desperately to hold on to our lives and showing us the real path to following Jesus means abandoning everything, even our capacity to fully understand what you're doing at times. Forgive us of our selfishness. Lord, we surrender to your plans for us. Give us the grace to walk in that surrender. We pray with Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Alan Redpath put it, for us to pray, your kingdom come, we must first be willing to pray, our kingdom go. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.